listening to Ouija Broads. This is Devin. This is Liz. Hi, Liz. We've got some patrons to thank before we get into it. First up, boop, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't don't have favorites, but I might have favorites, you know? (laughs) I was like, I could just read it, or I could really sell it. Do it. So, we also have Maggie Clue, Leanne, and Eric. This is very nice to have folks on board, and then I get to read out a little exciting quip. You do. I don't know what happened there, but it was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my bad. So cute. Yeah, and I Nope. <laughs> oh my goodness. What's our story today, Devin? I mean, other than that I'm recording in a laundry room. No, not even a laundry room. I'm recording in a closet that's so hot I thought it was a laundry room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby. Any room that you are in is automatically 10 degrees warmer by your presence alone. However... You did tell me that your AC broke, and I know that, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like they really built houses in 1898. When is yours from again? They, 87. There you go. Even older. Wow. Your house is 100 years older exactly than when my brother was born. Aww. Marvelous. We That's are. Were you trying to say I d- couldn't have the windows open because it's old, or I can't have the windows open because I'm making a podcast? I didn't say shit about the windows, bitch. I, I was thought saying you were going with no. something, something. Your house, no, is old. your house is super old, so they didn't fucking insulate it or whatever it is they do to houses these days to make them stay constant temperature. No, mine is actually better about that because it assumed you didn't have air conditioning. You can't diss my house. My house can do everything. My house can beat up your house. Good lord, you actually took that as a diss against your house, which I love with every fiber of my being. (laughs) I wrote you a song to introduce this episode, and I don't even know if I want to sing it now. My gosh. You won't do it for me. Do it for the, the, the listeners. Do it for the ones who love you. Your voice. And just this one who loves you will enjoy it by proxy oh, I'm gonna do it for you that's all I can oh. say ready here we go they're teensy and determined these undergrounded vermin some people tried to learn them trans Alaskan go for company da 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 there you go uh, <laughs> trans Alaskan go for company that's a lot of there's a lot of syllables, I'm not going to lie. Syllables, but I made it work. We are talking today about the Trans-Alaskan Gopher Company. Amazing. I've been oh, so excited. So many questions since I teased this on the Of Moose mm-hmm. and Men episode, and I'm really glad to know that people are interested. And I'm also excited to talk about this improbable, but turns out not impossible, idea. The first reference that you can find in literature to the Trans-Alaskan Gopher Company is from a book called Alaska and the Klondike Goldfields by A.C. Harris. And this is a book from 1897. Oh. So it's an old one. It's boots on the ground. You know, gold was first discovered August 16th, 1896 in Alaska. It was on Rabbit Creek, which was later named Bonanza Creek. And it was discovered by an American. Sorry. (laughs) Fuck, yeah. (laughs) I used to watch Bonanza growing up. Did you? 
No, I watched F Troop, which was, if anything, more problematic. I don't know what F Troop is. It's, okay, something, something, the end of the Civil War. I swear I've done this before when we talked about Mercer's Brides. It's basically a show set at the end of the Civil War, but it's kind of like a Hogan's Heroes, they're all bumbling characters, comedy. Oh. Yeah. So my buddy Molly recently went on, uh, you know, she had to go on a flight and was coming back and like, wow, what am I going to watch? This is a long way from Ohio. And they had gone with the wind for free. And she was like, oh, Devin says this is her favorite. Devin says this is her favorite. I'm going to watch that. And then she got off the flight and like texted me and was like, the fuck is that your favorite about? How, <laughs> how problematic. And I'm like, okay, first of all, it's not the movie. It's the book that's my favorite. The second part is I know the book is problematic. This, I absolutely understand it. But still, the bromance between Scarlet and Melanie is a joy to behold. We're talking <laughs> sometimes. So this is a theory I'm working on. I think sometimes when we say we love a piece of media, what we actually mean is that we love the thing we wish it was. Yeah, for sure. There's enough of the thing that we wish it was in it that we can still love it. Yeah. And then some things you like and you're like, I can't, there's no criticism of this that's not valid. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I know, but it's got, yes. it's got good bones or it's got just this bit works. Nothing else works, but this bit works and it works for me. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel like I'm watching that movie for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame about the other 107 of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all project. We we project in the movie theaters project. It's a whole thing. Okay. What the fuck were we talking about? Bonanza. <laughs> Bonanza Creek. Bonanza yes. Creek. Formerly Pigeon Creek. Rabbit Creek, but you were Rabbit real Creek. close. <laughs> it <was a> pickle, <laughs> Creek. pickle Creek. You're lucky I said an animal. <laughs> no, I'm not. I wish you'd said Pickle Creek. Pickle Creek. Pickle Creek. Oh, man. If I'm ever a map guy, a surveyor, a cartographer, Pickle Creek is going on there. Because <laughs> no, it sounds like... It was like an old West time thing for like, well, he spent time with a gal of easy virtue and now he's got a terrible burning down his Pickle Creek. (laughs) Gal, easy virtue. She gave him that there Pickle Creek. (laughs) Every time, every time he pees. (laughs) Oh, so the gold rush. Oh, God. Disgusting. Oh my goodness, this episode already. How many minutes are we in and all we've said is mm-hmm. Pickle Creek and something about gophers. <laughs> anyway, okay, okay. What, I just wanted to set the scene in that gold had been discovered the year before this book came out by an American man and by two uh, Taglish First Nations men. And that is what kicked off the whole shebang, the whole fucking rush to Alaska to get you some gold. And this book by A.C. Harris was billed as a, a, uh, well, it it called itself, quote, you know, practical instructions for fortune seekers, et cetera, et cetera. That is on its flyleaf. I love the double et cetera. That's so old timey. (laughs) So you're going to use the rest of these letters to explain another thing in the book? No. (laughs) 
<laughs> We're no. just going to tell them there's more. <laughs> this flyleaf is really beefy, so maybe the et cetera, et cetera was just to prime you for the immense, <laughs> dense amounts of shit I'm about to read you. Also, on the flyleaf, it said... The full account of the discovery of gold, semicolon, enormous deposits of the precious metal, semicolon, routes traversed by miners, semicolon, how to find gold, semicolon, camp life at Klondike. I feel like everybody who writes one of those does get rich, but it's by selling one of those. Mm -hmm. It's not because they actually know where gold or whatever is. I don't know that A.C. Harris knew where gold was, but I tell you what. If you bought the book, it, you can you can buy an original copy of the book for $40. It's pretty mm-hmm. beat up copy. If you want to spend $30 more, you can get an intact original version, which has the map that <gasps> A.C. Fields gave. And this map had a map of the area, of course, and then it had some claims and some cities and some more info and then ideas on where you yourself might find some gold. And how many of these did A.C. Slater... Is that... Wait, what's his name? A.C. Slater, (laughs) now? I'm not telling you shit. That's his name. (laughs) W.C. Fields. (laughs) I almost said Eli... A.C. Slater and Zach Morris are so... Yes, yes, they are. How, How many of these did he print? Which one had the better mullet? And when does Screech come into the picture? (laughs) I don't know how many he printed. That's a great question. Don't know. Didn't look up the publishing company to find out. But I feel like there's a big difference. I'm still in this treasure mode. Apparently you're still in this treasure mode, too. But the question of, like, well, if you made a map of treasure and you made a million copies of it, I don't think I'm going to be the first person who gets there. You're not going to be the first person. That's why you wanted to buy the first edition, my dude. Like, you didn't want to wait for the reprint. You wanted to get out. Mm -hmm. The flyleaf is not done. Let me tell you that A.C. Slater also promises... Mrs. Eli Gage's experience of a year among the Yukon mining camps. Mrs. Schwastika's rescue. I think that's her name. What? Yeah, Mrs. Schwastika's Schwat. I don't know German words. Mrs. S.'s recollections of her husband. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Mrs. S.'s recollections of her husband as the Alaskan pathfinder. That's that's what panning for gold is, right? You you just put your wiener in it and swish it around. (laughs) He he had Pickle Creek for sure after that. Mrs. S.'s recollections of her husband as the Alaskan Pathfinder, prosaic side of gold hunting as seen by Joaquin Miller, the poet of the Sierras. Well, if he's the poet, why is he writing the prosaic side? Why is he ros- writing the prosaic side? Indeed, wouldn't I, well, maybe he got prose and prosaic mixed up. Oh, uh, Joaquin, little buddy, dude! There were five hundred and thirty pages of this oh book, God. and like I said, it is the first, and as far as I can tell, only old timey places that mentions the Trans Alaskan Gopher Company. Oh, okay. The entire discussion of TAGC, as my notes abbreviate it, (laughs) is a paragraph at the bottom of page 62. And the paragraph goes, 
Inventors, speculators, promoters, and prospectors are going about like modern genie with propositions for making everybody immensely rich. Shares in the consolidated Trans-Alaskan Gopher Company... Oh, it's been consolidated. (laughs) Right. Offered at $1 each will return dividends of $10 a minute as soon as the company gets to work. (sighs) The idea is to take contracts for tunneling claims with trained gophers. Nothing is impossible. Nothing chimerical. (laughs) Nothing is impossible. Nothing chimerical? Yes. Did Stephen Sondheim write this? Can't you see? Can't you see someone belting this yes. out? Yes, this is like spot on Tri Pirelli's miracle elixir. Like, <laughs> good God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is chimerical. That's my next tattoo. Oh, that's absolutely Holy shit. Either my next Tinder profile or my tombstone epitaph. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you please continue, but that was amazing. Oh, that was that was it, my friend. That oh, okay. that is it. And you pointed out something the fine folks at Straight Dope pointed out, which is you expect me to believe there was more than one Alaska gopher mining <laughs> yes, company. Oh my god. <laughs> and they I actually may have read that because I used to read the straight dope a lot. That's probably some like twelve year old repressed memory <laughs> popping up and going, ha, they had more than one trans Alaskan gopher company. And this article was 2011, so your memory is okay, better than you no, think. I'm I'm apparently in the clear, or that just influenced my sense of humor and yep. what I look for, because amazing. Isn't that yep. marvelous? Um, a lot of the information, or at least the jumping points for information I got, was thanks to this straight dope article, because Cecil did a great job with this Aww. tiny, tiny little paragraph of meat given to him on this huge fucking bone. Because, like I that, said... Oh my god, yeah. okay. The last episode, I say Trivial Pursuit, that's the story of my life. That's a Cecil Adams quote. Oh. Because that's all he did was, you know, all the people who collectively made up that character yeah. did was research these little dumb questions before we had Wikipedia or anything. Oh. And now research stuff that you can't use Wikipedia to do. And I think the Chicago Tribune. Amazing. Yes, yeah, sorry. That was a weird, like, Bader meinhof haven't thought about that for a long time and then thought about it twice on our show in back-to-back order. Kind of weird. Also, I love hearing you pronounce things the right way, because I've always said it in my, you know, like, weird Midwestern Bader meinhof accent that I've got going on. So thank you for Bader meinhof Confidently, I have no idea what it's supposed to be, Devin. Don't let my confidence... It, it look like competence. That's it looks, a rookie mistake. Well, but it looks like it, and you're also one of the few people to correct my pronunciation on the rig. So I kind of have to look to you as my guiding light I did in sign myself that one, didn't I? Did you really did? You really All did. Right. So now that they're consolidated, now where that are they they're going consolidated. From here? Nowhere. Liz, the only <laughs> historical thing. It's not on newspapers.com. <gasps> that was it? Cecil's didn't find it. It's it's there. It is in that book. And then it's in our modern day stuff from 1990 to now. Articles like the NPS and BBC and other places. Apparently, it's one of those... Just like you and I have a hard time when we research ghost stories and we find one little snippet of a ghost story Mm -hmm. and then every effing article ever since that story just regurgitates the same thing. Yep. 
that's what this has become. There are no other references to it. So what, what the guys at Straight Dope think is that it's not a hoax in the way that we think of a hoax or a scam where people were actually trying Mm -hmm. to defraud you, you know, selling like railroad certificates to widows and orphans. Yeah, the London Bridge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, He said, quote, Cecil Adams, he, you know, they said, it's reasonably Mm -hmm. clear we're dealing with a 19th century wise guy. (laughs) The consensus by the straight dope folks is that the Trans-Alaskan Gopher Company was a, an inside joke. And it was either formed by A.C. Slater or <laughs> it was something that he heard and then reported on good faith. It's, 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 oh. and because we are, what, 130 years or whatever removed from it, it's like that inside joke that we talked about in Moose or Men, where it was the Alaska mail carrier uh, his last name was Carr. Yes. Yeah, and it was yeah. like he wrote so down a just, yep, mm-hmm. yep, wrote down a joke in a in a travel log. Somebody else picked it up and ran with it internationally. And then when we look at it today, we're like, oh, this hot air balloonist made it all the way to Alaska. That's marvelous. And not realizing the follow up, which is, oh no, that was that was an inside joke that got way out of proportion. No longer any kind of context, and we just kind of take it as gospel. Oh my god. How many things that we think are historical fact do you think are actually urban legends? Oh, so, so sadly many, I bet. I had thought about that in researching and I had a couple good examples to be like, Liz, what if this isn't actually true? And now I can't remember, of course, a single Uh fucking one of them. But, right? You're valid. Thank you. I'm still valid. And, you know, those brain cells will fire or they won't. (laughs) Um... So I'm I'm really sad to tell everyone that that's kind of where Trans Alaskan Gopher Company's story ends. It sounds like a joke, heartbreaking, that never was. But <laughs> but that got the guys on the straight dope, and then me going, okay, so that it's it's not it probably didn't happen in Alaska, but could it happen? Like could it mm. could it happen? And that's where I say it's. Improbable, but not impossible. It's not chimerical, Devin. They said so. It's not chimerical. I don't even know what they mean with that other than chimera being a beast made of multiple beasts. So I'm like, it's... Oh, it also means um, a monster, like a foolish fancy. You know, like a thing that's not real. So a chimera monster is a foolish fancy. It's not real. I don't know if that's it, but yeah, in this sense, it's like... It's not impossible, and it's not a dream, I think is what they're saying. Well, maybe Mr. Slater had read the Greek classics, and that's where he came up with this idea not being impossible. Because apparently, and I'm going to look to... (gasps) Are you going to talk about Herodotus? I am going to talk about Herodotus. How did you know? I remember when this happened. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you want to talk about Herodotus? No, please do. It's been so long since Humanities 110. Ah, It's been so very long. We're going to talk about Herodotus. In the 400s, apparently, Herodotus wrote that there were ants bigger than foxes in India that dug up mounds of dirt-infused gold while burrowing, and then the locals would 
extract the gold from those ant mine tailings. And for a long time, historians have been like, ants bigger than foxes. Like, first of all, ew. Secondly, no thank you. (laughs) Third, also improbable. Doesn't happen. (laughs) But that's where this French ethnologist, uh, Michael, comes in. Don't want to pronounce his last name, but... Don't. (laughs) Not gonna. Michael P. They can't make you. They can't make me. No one can make me. Michael P. says that scholars actually mistranslated the Greek word Uh, for ant, and it's actually the Persian word for marmot (gasps) that Herodotus used. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Right? And then to further back up the claim, in 1996, Michael visited a high plateau kind of near the Indian-Pakistan border, apparently, and Uh found gophers, found marmots, (gasps) these prairie dog things, that were digging and were, (gasps) like, just chucking out gold dust and the villagers would come and sift through it. Oh my god, this really it. happened? So it really could happen. Amazing, right? Wow. Dude. Yeah. Gophers aren't the only animal that do that. <gasps> what? I know. Apparently, this, it's not a phenomenon. It's like a, a happy happenstance that animals mm-hmm. are, you know, chucking out shit that humans happen to like. But apparently, termites in Africa have done the same thing in, like, three separate locations. Oh, my God. And they, So uh, you need a, a bunch of things to go right here for that yeah. to happen, right? Like, you need digging animals, and yeah. you need them to be doing their thing in a place where the gold is so surface level already mm-hmm. that they're just going to be kicking it up, and then you need there to be people around yeah. who haven't discovered this very surface level gold yeah. or don't care about it yeah. but they do enough to carry it away that's like a lot it's a lot, is a lot isn't it um but mm-hmm. i you know i imagine if you're a small group of people you're not setting up an intense mining operation you're probably yeah. not even digging three feet down to look for gold but if a critter coughs it up for you that's yeah, easy exactly okay what uh the street dope focused on though was the fact that Animals, yeah, okay, so there's some examples of animals, you know, and they they brought up these, but they said one thing that happens in geology is miners or geologists look for indicator plants. Okay, that, okay. Yeah, so I went and looked up some indicator plants to try to figure out what the hell this is. And the the straight dope talks about these as well, but I wanted to just go do my own research yeah. so I'm not just riffing off their entire article. But oh, good for you. Thank you. There are some plants that either f- that either retain a lot of mineral that people are apparently into or that for whatever reason seem to grow in connection to minerals that people are really into. Hmm. And so geologists or miners can sometimes deduce the approximate location of where these minerals would be within the top, uh, within the topography based on the presence or absence of these plants. So that is some world of Warcraft shit right there. Just fucking right. (laughs) Right. To be like, Oh, well, you know, you're in a territory that has gold when you see the plants that look like this and you're like, really? Yeah. Really? Uh, well, apparently, if you're out in the desert, look for sago lily and desert trumpet, and you are probably standing around a fuck ton of uranium. Ah! I don't want to do that. Don't want to do that, do you? You also 
uh, probably don't want to hang out if you're in Australia. There's an Australian shrub called Hybanthus floribundus. And it sucks up, for some reason, really high quantities of nickel and cobalt. Ooh. And it's okay. it's such a high concentration, apparently, that when these burn, so if there's a forest fire or a bushfire that goes through, up to 25% of the ash is nickel and <gasps> therefore hazardous waste. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Uh, I can't find anything other than just, quote, English miners used to look for discolored or stunted <laughs> vegetation, which indicated lead deposits. So I don't, like... English miners, when, where, were they looking for lead to mine mm-hmm. it, or were they trying to stay away from it? But I thought that was cool. And then one thing that I think we could look into, because it's in our backyard, is apparently a lot of, apparently some Montana silver deposits have been found due to the indicator plant uh, Irigonum ovalfolium which is a type of buckwheat, and it is known to grow on top of Montana silver deposits in particular. That is wild. They are so specialized mm-hmm. to their niche. Mm-hmm. So specialized. Mm-hmm. Just Amazing. marvelous. And I, you know, I really get excited about that, thinking about the book Mycophilia, which I'm going to like talk about ad nauseum forever on this podcast, because it's a book everybody should read. It's so fascinating. But you know, the author talks, of course, about how certain mushrooms usually gravitate or are found under certain trees. There's, or the presence of a certain tree indicates there's a possibility this type of fruiting fungus will be found. Mm. Because they have a symbiotic relationship, they can also yeah. indicate one another. Mm. Okay, yeah. Which actually is a really good segue. I didn't mean to do that. I kind of talked over myself, but there's if if we're going to come back to the Pacific Northwest and not talk about Australia or English miners or ants in or sorry termites in Africa <laughs> um in the Pacific Northwest we have something that's called edible gold uh, which is but not like the kind of rich people restaurants it is it's tr- oh. oh well it's truffles so those are at rich people Oh, yeah. no, I was thinking about like people that <laughs> literally like, put a sheet of gold on a dessert just to make it the most expensive <laughs> dessert in the world for no good reason. Do you remember? Do you remember when, God love him, Jacob used to drink Goldschlager and he was like, yeah, yes. the gold flakes cut your throat up and then the alcohol gets in your body faster. Oh, boy, sign me up. Like, honey, I don't. Uh, these are like gold leaf. This is tissue paper. I don't think you can get a yeah. paper cut from tissue paper. I think what you're feeling, buddy, is the cinnamon. <laughs> I think the cinnamon's <laughs> what's making your throat hurt, yeah. little buddy. Yeah, too spicy? Little buddy. It's too spicy. Oh, get him some milk. <laughs> little peanut. But no, there. Uh, there's a, apparently a well-known dog breeder in Salem, Oregon, and her name. It's a wild way to start a sentence, but okay. <laughs> yes. She breeds Legato Romanolo, which are a curly haired dog that were first bred in Italy specifically to hunt truffles. Oh. The Pacific Northwest had kind of a truffle, not a truffle, a mushroom foraging explosion in the late 90s it was mostly early 2000s though and that's when we started hearing in the news about 
mushroom hunters accidentally stumbled on somebody's poppy field or somebody's mm-hmm. wheat, uh, marijuana field and mm-hmm. done got their shit shot. Yeah. Uh, and then there were also a lot of news stories about, you know, private land versus public land, federal land versus natural land, national land, what you could forge, what you couldn't. But Lisa Brosnan and others in the Pacific Northwest that hunt mushrooms now, specifically truffles, are using dogs. And okay. so they're using an animal, you know, kind of like a gopher, to go mm-hmm. dig them up some gold. That's a pretty big stretch of a analogy, though, you know? No, it's not. That's like some riddle, <laughs> hey, riddle, riddle shit of like, oh, the snake was actually his self-loathing. And you're like, no, fuck <laughs> you, I was trying to solve the riddle with a snake in it. You can't just be like, oh, actually, it's not a snake. <laughs> I hate when riddles do that. Liz, this is how I brought it back to the Pacific Northwest. You have to... <laughs> You have to just deal with it. I'm so sorry that you don't like my metaphor here where the truffle (laughs) is gold and the simile where the dog is like a gopher. Um, But they weren't sniffing out the gold. They were the trans-Alaskan, the what? (laughs) The gophers? The gophers that were from Alaska and they were all trans and they were digging holes in the dirt. Yeah. Like, you weren't just kind of telling humans where to dig. No, they were digging in the dirt, but specifically to find gold. Not just, like, that whole paragraph says, specifically, the gophers are trained to go get gold and then bring it back. Like How, how would that work? It doesn't, Liz. That's why it's a joke. That's why it's a 130-year-old joke. But... I thought it was gonna be adorable, wouldn't it? But I thought I'm super stoked about mushrooms. I don't want to eat them; they're disgusting. But I love the idea of a treasure. I know we've talked about this before. I want to go find Mm -hmm. mushrooms. I don't really want to go find truffles because they're ugly, and if you you like really have to use a dog or like they do in France, use a truffle pig to find them. Mm -hmm. They're apparently very difficult to spot. That's just so much work to eat. Not even a vegetable. Not even a vegetable. No. Like I, I love them. I will definitely eat them. But man, that's a that's an effort to output ratio. I'm not thrilled about. No, I want to go out and find morals. I want to go out and I'll mm-hmm. find you those, and they're pretty easy to identify. So if you trust me, I'll find you some <laughs> mushrooms that you can eat. And I just think it would be really cool to spend time in the woods but looking for treasure and finding things and i just want to have them for a little bit and be like look at this cool thing that i found is there more oh, to the story no. that you want to tell me absolutely That's the whole thing. that was okay. the whole thing my friends i hope you weren't hanging on waiting for some big revelation liz didn't like my segue into mushrooms and black gold forest gold dogs finding this treasure trans-alaskan gopher company here in summation Trans-Alaskan Gopher Company. Probably a joke that we are all too old to understand. Some animals and some... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we don't get it. I don't know why it was funny at the time. I'm waiting for you to push back. (laughs) I would say we were born too late to understand. Yeah, so we're too too old to understand. That's what I mean, because we're 100... (laughs) Liz, we're like 130 years older than the joke. So we're too old to understand. Dude, it checks out. My way of saying stuff is accurate. It's factual. It's fine. Don't you dare laugh at me because it's true. We are too old to get it. Just 
by negative number square root of invisibility was that. That's just true. We're too even near my mic. Anyway, we don't get it because we were born too late. Now we are too old to understand. You know, the people who were born late are older than people who were born earlier. You're right. That doesn't make sense, but it does to me. It's fine. (laughs) We're not too too young to understand. It's not like in a decade I'll get it. I'll be even farther from the truth. Wrong word entirely. No, I didn't. In an a mistake. In an a mistake. Just like somebody <laughs> on the Lewis and Clark expedition. Oh. <laughs> I think about that a lot. So I can good. take us out. This was a fun, lighthearted one. It's good to be back in the studio such as it is. Mm-hmm. Hope everybody is coming through summer okay and being kind to themselves. I will do the usual spiel of where you should come check us out. We are at your podcatcher of choice, and if you want one that we're not on, then choose a different one, and what I said will be true. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Now who was wrong from the jump? (laughs) I'm playing games of semantics. (laughs) The game is called, if they don't have us, how choice can they be? But... (laughs) You can go to WeJabrods.com uh-huh. uh, for most of the information. There's Twitter. I almost a Tumblr. There's twi- <laughs> That's you. Yeah. You do a Tumblr. There, I love the tumbles. I like Tungle. Uh, <laughs> it's a broken, angry website that only ever recommended one group to me, and it was called Ass Eaters Anonymous. <laughs> I must have clicked on enough things that told them I was a millennial, and it's like, oh, we know what they like. Not Applebee's. Not that one. Not that one. Mm. All right, so people can check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and, of course, Facebook. Mm -hmm. But we'll be coming back at you, hopefully, in two weeks with another intriguing story from the Northwest. As ever, thank you to our past patrons, our current patrons, our new patrons we thanked at the top of the episode. And if you want to be a future patron, head to patreon.com slash Ouijabrods and check out our tiers. Uh, did I do a good job? You did an amazing job. You even threw in some, like, new patter. Mixed it up. Yeah. Yeah, it sounded real familiar. Like, I've been doing it for a long time, but I've never done it consistently. So, <laughs> I like keeping it fresh. <clears throat> I know you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so hot in here, though. Okay. <laughs> well, friends, before my BFF and moon wife expires herself, let me tell you, please, we hope that you live weird. Die weird. And stay weird. Thank you for for listening. listening. Go get some air conditioning.